Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we are reading books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. This week on Shelf Aware, we are starting a new unit, which has been graciously placed upon the altar of this podcast by Anna, <laughs> um, who has brought the unit of dystopia, a fairly broad category, yeah. I would say. and I'm wondering if we should limit it. I know before I said I kind of wanted to see what all the genre could be, but like you mm. said, it is very broad, so if we need to limit it to YA, we can, but... I mean, I think that I don't want to. So. Okay, yeah. That's also good. I don't know. Maybe, I will live in this space. Maybe for... sometime in the future we'll we'll get back into YA dystopia specifically, but I think we should keep it broad for right now. Okay. Um, My what, only what request is... is we don't oh. read The Road by Cormac McCarthy. I, I was not that. planning on doing good. that. Thank you. Um, what's your deal with dystopia? What's my deal is I'm burnt out. Girl, this, this genre was so big. So I think for me, I really got back into reading hardcore when I graduated from college. Mm. Um in a year that is so far away from today's date <laughs> that this this genre was all over the place, right? Like Hunger Games had just yes. finished publishing uh, Mockingjay. The movies were about to come out. Uh, this series was out. Uh, there was another one like The Testing. There was just like, there were so many. And they were all like a young girl who's pretty but dirty because she's uh-huh. poor has to go into some kind of competition and overthrows the government, right? That was like the whole genre. You've got matched. You've got yeah. Oh yeah, uh, Allegiant and all of those. Oh my god, how did I forget about Divergent? That? Divergent. Yeah. That's what it how did is. I forget about the Divergent series? Uh, you've got what's the one where they had to? They, it was like all about every forcing teenagers to breed. Oh, the Uglies. No, no, the, I'm chill oh. with the Uglies. They um, don't breed in that one. It's oh. like uh, teen pregnancy dystopia. Hold on, I'm googling it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wither, the Chemical Garden series. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, where it's like everybody dies by age 20, so everybody has to fuck before that. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got um, Maze Runner, Shatter oh, yep. Me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that one, too. That one was, mm-hmm. I, that was my jam. I feel like that one was, like, way more heavily sci-fi and yeah. leaning towards like more spec fic than a lot of dystopias are because a lot of dystopias don't like they're sci-fi in the sense of like it takes at least teen dystopias are like it's sci-fi in the sense that it takes place in the future and there's maybe some technological changes but for the mm-hmm. most part like we're not really focused on that right um yeah you're you whereas uh shatter me had like everybody had like superhero powers or whatever so there was something kind of like that something yeah. going on yeah i don't know because the world building in those series was not it wasn't <laughs> much could be the same for this book though <laughs> uh yeah this book yeah <laughs> so we read uh kira Cass's the selection mm-hmm. uh the first book in the selection series yeah um, and apparently which there's we have like six of them or more there's there's three in the main series there's a sequel series that is a duology okay there's a prequel series that i or prequel which i believe is standalone which is like queen amberly's selection i don't care about that yeah um and then there's like a couple of those uh like short story collections i think and i think she might have done one from maxon's perspective but that might have been in the short story thing that could be this was also the when the genre of ya novel where it's girl in pretty dress on cover uh-huh. This yes. was also this was like covering all of YA at that moment in time in one book. <laughs> which is interesting because I feel like Hunger Game, which was kind Hunger Games, which was kind of the 
like er example of this, right? Mm-hmm. Of the YA dystopia didn't do that right they did the symbol thing which was like borrowing very heavily from the trend that twilight started yes simple black cover with monotone cover which one symbol yeah yeah cryptic symbol but then yeah we get this like girls in pretty dresses sort of vibe which i feel like the selection was one of the earliest ones it was yes Mm -hmm. yeah this this one came out in 2012 um and I know so many people were so obsessed with this series and I read it in I read it in 2015 I think I waited till all the books were out mm. uh and, and when I read the series and I originally gave it three stars I did go back and look and see what I rated it so I didn't hate it uh but um you know eight years later yeah I also read it I've read the three main series books yeah and then I read the first of the sequel series, mm, and I was just exhausted not. by it. Yeah. Um, I couldn't anymore after the way the air – no, no, sorry, the one. I think the air is the name of the sequel. The air and the yeah. crown are the two yeah. sequels, yeah. It's the selection, the elite, and the one for the mm-hmm. main three. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I also obviously – I. <laughs> Also, obviously, enjoyed it enough the first time around to have read more of them. But also, mm. I have a problem where I don't realize how bad things are until, like, I'm pretty deep in them. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say. I'm the same It's way. hard to say. The novelty uh, of it sometimes. You're like, wow. Yeah. This is cool. So, having been eight years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. since you last read it. Yeah. What was your, what was the vibe this time around? What'd you think? Um, it was kind of, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was a little bit nostalgic dipping back into the genre because you know what, like, all the beats are going to be. Um, this one, though, was so cheesy. And it's something that you and I talked about previous to Mm -hmm. the episode recording and text messages, just how cheesy this one is. And I don't know if it's, like, because it was one of the first ones or if it was trying to, like, emulate others that were published around that time. But it was... it. (laughs) It was so cheesy. Like parts of it, I'm just like, I just, I don't want to read this. It's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and our main character is like the model for not like other girls. Like yes. this is the the girl that wasn't like the others. Like this is her. Yes, that's the whole point of the book. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. So um, it was. T- it was. It's still tired. The genre. Um, I, I don't see myself like wanting to suddenly pick up a bunch of YA dystopians to relive, um, you know, the whole, the whole moment that they had. Um, so I don't know. I'm hoping, I'm hoping to move away from this and to discover something, I don't know, likable about, uh, the world having been, you know, ended and society rebuilding itself in a really fucked up way that sucks. So, um, (laughs) Yeah, I I think that for me rereading this, I felt like it was cheesy, mm-hmm. but I felt like it was cheesy in a way of like this is going to sound so patronizing, but like I have read the adult version of this sort of thing now. Yeah. Where it's not pulling punches and this book is very obviously pulling punches mm-hmm. in terms of like it is a YA book. It's not going to be as fucked up. Where was the fuck- sex scenes? Not even the sex scenes, <laughs> but just, like, it's not as fucked up as it yeah, could be in other true. dystopia, right? Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of, I, and I have this problem a lot, of, like, just things not trying to take a middle ground. Where it's like, yeah. well, this is terrible, but not, like, But we don't so want to traumatize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because um, I think, though, like, Hunger Games went there. 
I think mm-hmm. I think Suzanne Collins showed like she was like, look, it can be ugly too. Well, and I think with Hunger Games because mm-hmm. there is they do the same sort of thing that this book is implying but does not follow through yeah. on, right? The, again, the world with, building where <laughs> Yes. But with with Hunger Games, there is the character of Finnick who is introduced and is specifically stated to being like that once you become a, a survivor of the Hunger Games, you are sold into sex slavery, essentially. Yeah. Like, it is not explicit. It's still totally YA, but that is very clearly what is happening with Finnick and some of the other, like, I think Joanna uh, goes through that as well. Where this book is setting up that same sort of, like, fucked up sexual dynamic, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But then because the romance part of it is such, like, the focus that it's like oh we can't follow through on this without making the main romantic lead completely unlikable right uh yeah like he he can't be fucked up because he also has to be dream boy right exactly he's so pure it's like if Katniss was trying to fuck President Snow you know (laughs) but then President Snow was like as good as PETA (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm uh yeah so that's why it didn't work for me personally yeah, I did yeah. like you said kind of have the nostalgia of like a simpler time yeah um, oh, where you remember what two, 20 any time before 2016 was like right and I didn't hate it mm, I just I, think it is yeah. definitely for teens where Absolutely. I am like this isn't for me anymore yes we've kinda moved sad. on it is it is going back and rereading these books uh and just being like I aged out man <laughs> damn I'm not the target demographic anymore. <laughs> Interesting, I'm saying that, but then I'm thinking these came out in 2012, so I was never the target demographic. That's also true. Well, but, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. less of the target you know, demographic. I feel like you get, I feel like you get some leeway in your A 20s. A few years, Why yeah. You still, yeah, yeah. Especially because that was before the new adult boom. So, like, That's true. what were we supposed to read? Exactly. These, they, they were all 18 and up. Yeah. Um, are they? I think so. I thought I think America, America was 16. Is. Is she fucked? I'm pretty sure know. she's 16. I think Maxon is 18. Damn. Yeah. I'm about to go look it up. Hold on. <laughs> Got to get back on the the selection um, wiki. Oh, I'm just reading on that on the uh, um, Wikipedia that they had announced uh, that the CW had optioned the rights to this series, but they that never turned it into a television series. Do you know how hard I would have watched a CW version of this? Like, I mean, they've been so good. You could just watch The Bachelor. Is the thing. Uh, yeah, but like, I don't want it to be real people. <laughs> uh, she she's seventeen in this okay. book, so not as not quite as young as. I Maybe thought, she'll but... have a birthday in the next few books. I can't remember. Um, no, she's seventeen in the selection, the elite, and the one. Never mind. She's nineteen in the one's bonus epilogue. <sighs> okay, but having having talked about kind of how we feel about this book yeah. now and yeah. then, yeah. Um, who would you recommend this to people? What's, yeah, what's I would. Thought? I would. I think um, it is. I I didn't hate this book. I I mean, we're gonna talk a lot of shit about it because that's what we do. Mm-hmm, but like, mm-hmm. I didn't hate it. I think it's fine. Um, definitely for younger readers than me, um, teens, go for it. Just go in knowing that like Aspen fucking sucks. <laughs> Aspen sucks. Yeah. Maxon's an eight hundred year old man in yeah, a teenage body. Dear. My dear, <laughs> like read this knowing it is purely like entertaining fluff. There's no yeah. substance. You're gonna you're gonna have an enjoyable couple hours with this book, and the, and then you can have its sequels, and it'll be fine. Yeah, it's serviceable. We all like a good competition novel. Yeah, I think that like 
competition novel. I'm into that. I think mm-hmm. that like this is kind of baby's first competition novel. Yes. Um, but if you want to read something that's still dystopia, but maybe not as focused on like violence mm-hmm. and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, may- maybe. Like, I feel like this one does deal a lot more with politics, especially as the series goes on. Yeah. Whether it does that in a way that I find useful or not is debatable. But, um, you know, it's more it's more about the, like, relationships, backstabbing, bachelor sort of game rather than, like, survi- well, no, Survivor also does a lot of backstabbing <laughs> um, and relationships. So it's, it's a lot more... But you're not literally backstabbing. Yeah, you're yeah, just yeah, doing yeah. the... the uh you know, posh, posh lady version of that. Yes. Yeah. I think definitely, uh, check this one out if it seems like it's your jam, but again, please also stop listening to our podcast. Cause you're a babe. You can't be here in the space. <laughs> uh, I can't tell you what to do. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not your parents. They should be, uh, <laughs> monitoring your, your media consumption more, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> So we've had quite a break between uh, recordings of like what I would consider like normal shovelware mm. episodes. What have you been reading in the meantime? So I've been reading a lot of really um, fucked up mafia romance, yes. and I'm going to save that to talk about for next week. But I just want you to know that that is the headspace I'm in. Next week for um, us, two weeks for you guys. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, however, because I knew we were reading this, was like, I got to see if I can find a good competition book, right? Yeah. And I found one, and mm-hmm. I really fucking like it, but the sequel's not out yet. Damn and I'm it. mad that what I didn't it? check that first. It's called Trial of the Sun, the Sun Queen okay. by Nisha J. Tully. Okay. It's on Kindle Unlimited. Love so it already. That, it's one of those where there's a lot of like stuff going on, so it's hard to kind of find out where to attack it from for an explanation. Um, essentially, this girl, she is in this like really terrible prison that sucks a lot and has been there since childhood. Mm. She gets broken out and taken to the palace of the Sun King. Sun King. Um, also, I should say this is all like fae, so it's that sort of vibe. There you um, go. I'm in. Fully. So she go, she's, gets taken to the palace of the Sun King to be uh, a competitor in these trials to become the Sun Queen. And she's like, I don't know why I'm here. And so it's like her going through these trials, but also like there's a bunch of sus stuff happening and she doesn't really know why she's there. And like the other POV is from the prince of the kingdom that she's from. And he's like trying to track her down. Mm-hmm. It's not super heavy romance, which I actually thought it was more romance going into it. It's a lot more about, like, the machinations and stuff. Okay. I'm down for that, though. You know me. It does a lot of the things that I have a problem with in this book in terms of, like, not pulling punches. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Where it is an adult book, and so it deals with, like, people fucking straight up die in these trials, and it's, like, bloody and graphic and, like... It's got those competition vibes if you like a competition book, but mm-hmm. it's um, a lot grittier. I mean, I kind of hate to use that term, but it does still have that like setup of like, okay. it's like The Bachelor, but in f- fantasy, you know? <laughs> but with weapons. I like it. I'm going to read that yeah, it's someday. Good. I checked it out on Kindle Unlimited, so <laughs> I'll at least have it sitting there. How about you? What have you been reading? I read a book that I think has become one of my very favorites. Um, I This is the book I bought when uh, we went to that bookstore together. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. A Taste of Golden Iron by Alexandra Rowland. 
I fully admit this is not going to be a book for absolutely everyone because it does read a little fanficy. Uh, mm-hmm. Just it's just a little bit tropey, but it's absolutely it's so good. So um, it is a story of it's basically it's a romance between a prince and his bodyguard, um, but there are there's some political things going on in the background so that's like not Mm -hmm. the whole book which is good because it's like it's a chunk it's like 500 pages um but I just really enjoyed it because it had like this it had really great the the prince has very uh very bad anxiety and like the representation for anxiety I felt was like so true and so so real to my own experiences with anxiety Mm -hmm. as well like it felt very authentic um, and then also the relationship between Prince and Bodyguard, you know, we hate weird power dynamics. They have so many good conversations about like the Prince acknowledging, like, I don't, we can't be in a relationship because I have too much power over you. And the Bodyguard being like, no, it's like, it's fine. Like they're, they're having very, like just lots of conversations about consent and it is a slow fucking burn. Oh, I'm like, love that. Yes. It is. So, it's like the whole book. Like they don't fully end up together until the end of the book. It's just, it's so good. I loved every minute of it. Um, again, if you're like not super into like the political stuff it might drag in the middle sections for you a little bit. And like I said, mm-hmm. it's very tropey at times. But I love both of those things. So for me, perfect book, five out of five. Loved it. Would read it a hundred more times. I got to add that one to the yes. list. Yes. I'm so happy I bought it. Um, and then I don't, I just been, I've just been really into that Mercy Thompson series. I can't stop reading oh, yeah? it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm on book five now, uh-huh. um, which I don't binge stuff. Um, so that to me, I felt was very impressive. And now I'm yeah. also like getting started on like, the the companion series mm. <laughs> which is like I'm fully invested in this world and that's all Hannah's fault so I find the companion series so unfortunate because it is like so fun and good especially if you are more interested in romance than because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I feel like Mercy Thompson is not quite as romance right um but it just has the very unfortunate uh <laughs> name of Alpha, Alpha and, and Omega. Omega certain which, connotations there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I feel like this was very early in the rise of the omega verse um where i don't think that <laughs> not really supposed enough, to be yeah yeah <laughs> or, i mean i don't think it has yeah. quite the same baggage when it came out in terms of the nodding and the empreg and everything yeah, 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 um yeah, yeah. but it's still you know it's it's still it's still there <laughs> <laughs> wait the nodding and the empreg are still there no 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 i'm oh, saying it's still the, like, the dynamic <laughs> that dynamic is still there i don't got think you, there's any empreg in that series i could be wrong I uh, guess I'll find out. Guess you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Let's talk. Let's about talk about the selection. selection. Let's talk about girls in their pretty dresses and stupid boys. Um, All right. God, the boys were just untenable. Were, both book. of them bad choices. But obviously, like, you're going to pick the prince, right? You're not going to go. I mean, obviously. Obviously. Like, if you have any sort of sense. Also, I will say, I feel like this was kind of one of the books that made me question my sexuality early on Mm -hmm. in that I could not imprint on either of the boys in this. I was like, what about Marley, though? What about Marley, her beautiful best friend? She cannot stop talking about her beautiful and wonderful beautiful best friend who she keeps trying to hook up with. Like, like other people yeah. mm-hmm. because she finds her so attractive like mm-hmm. okay girl i see you <laughs> marley oh she was good i liked her um mm. 
but we got to get through a bunch of characters we don't like to even meet Marley. So <laughs> I feel like this book would have been so much better uh-huh. if we just started at the arrival to the palace. Absolutely. Right? And Absolutely. all of the other shit was just like flashback because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this first section was such a slog. I know. And it was only like four chapters. It but felt, it felt forever. like forever. Forever. I got, I finally got to the castle. I was like, how much of this have I read? Okay, not enough. <laughs> and then, but also when it ended, I was like, there should oh. be tons more. Like this ended at such a weird spot. Like, I don't know. Not your typical cliffhanger for one it of these also, books. Like the breakdown of this, I feel is very, okay, we got, we got to yeah, we- get into the, <laughs> the, let's, let's talk about what happens. Okay. So our, our main character, her name is America Singer. Um, mm-hmm. She lives in a country that used to be called America, and also she sings. This is her name. So there's that. There's that. That's how that that that's everything you need to know about the cheese factor of this book, right? <laughs> and I mean, like, they're obviously going for like certain, you know, the baker, the butcher. They're called. Like Jim Baker, John Butcher sort of vibes, uh-huh, you know. Uh-huh. But um, not everyone of but goes well, along the, with this. The upper classes don't, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I think the lower cast kind of all do. It's just not always a hundred percent clear what we're going for. Like for instance, the male, not main character, but male first love interest, I guess, who's introduced is Aspen Ledger, mm-hmm. and his status makes him like a bookkeeper right so it's not quite as one-to-one as singer being a singer but god such such main character vibes right (laughs) from the get-go she was born with them um but yes we're in a caste system where you are born into a caste and that prescribes what job you're going to have in this society so america singer and her family are all fives which means they are entertainers which to me i was like this is this is not where I would have placed this this section of people, but like our artists, our writers, our our performers, like the people you would hire to be in a in a uh, string quartet for your wedding would all be fives. Well, and then we find out later that like there are twos like whose jobs stars. are like pop star and yeah. uh, uh, like model and stuff. And I'm like, what is the difference? Yeah, it's just like connections i guess i guess i guess, it's I guess a like nepotism you start with thing. the money and then those are your hobbies whereas these people yeah. do it for a living i don't know very unclear exactly what's going on there i also yeah. was confused by this caste system because i feel like early in the book there is a comment that's like um they're talking about like people in jail or people being imprisoned or something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or like punished and one of them is like a seven who had eight children or something. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Did no, I, make this up? I, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. But well, but it doesn't mean it, on, it didn't happen. I listened I just, to it on audiobook, so I can't go back and check. But I thought that was like <laughs> mentioned early on, so I was like, oh, so there's like rules about how many kids you can have. But then like that kind of went out the window basically oh, yeah, immediately. No. It's just all of the lower casts have as many children as they want. To, like it's very like they don't have access to birth control, so. They just have tons of kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I You would think like they would, if this were like a dystopian ca- caste system, you'd think they'd be like, and we are making it so none of you poor people can have kids. But See, I disagree. I think you'd want them to have as many kids as possible to 
uh, increase the the workforce. Oh, that makes sense. Must too. like much like our current situation in America. Oh God. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> our what did they call it? Our stock of children. I don't remember what the phrasing was from that ruling. But anyway, depressing. Don't want to think about it. Um. Yeah. So the caste system basically goes like eights are uh the unhoused sevens are shit shovelers i didn't the 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 the, the, um descriptions of these casts were not very fleshed out sevens are servants sixes are are servants that's sevens are sevens are like servants who are like shitty job servants oh like like laundresses oh maybe it is laundresses i guess would be the more correct i I think it's like outdoor versus indoor oh like i think it's like like stable hands versus yeah but no because i think some of the sevens work in like factories yeah. and stuff or like farmers maybe maybe i don't know because i, I think, think of her sister is like a four and she works in a factory oh you're right yeah. so like what it doesn't make sense it four make factories sense. and five entertainment that's, exactly that's very and silly sixes are servants of various indoor nature and then three <laughs> you can become like teachers and stuff and then twos are obviously the nobility and one is the royal family okay um if you had to create a caste system yeah this is what was your what would your numbers be? oh my god Uh, i feel (laughs) this feels like a trap um (laughs) correct this was a trap no matter what you said i was gonna everyone's jobs are equal we're all contributing to human society and you should not put your self-worth on your job but if you had to but if you had to obviously podcasters, podcasters would be eight <laughs> podcasters are eight no this is our chance to get power Anna. <laughs> um america has a boyfriend imagine it's- a pos- dystopian which podcasters are the highest class oh my god can you imagine how sh- <laughs> in a world where in influencers world. are the ruling class, <laughs> you have to have a microphone and audacity in order to audacity. have any power. <laughs> in a world where you have to pay one twenty nine a year for hosting fees on <laughs> on uh, SoundCloud. In a world where your Spotify ranking determines your lot in life. <laughs> Oh my god, what would we call it? Um I mean, obviously there would be cuz you have to have a bunch of dumb terminology in yeah, any good yeah, YA yeah. dystopia. Obviously. So obviously the higher cast would be called casters. Oh my god. And it wouldn't be revealed that they're talking about <laughs> podcasting for like the oh first uh, uh <laughs> like chapter or so. Oh. Um so you've got casters uh-huh. and you've got the phonies, which are people who listen to things in their headphones and don't produce any work themselves. Oh, my God. Yeah, because we need the numbers. We need to get our uh-huh. numbers up. And then, like, uh-huh. you'd have to have, like, your marketing people, right? I mean, I think that, like, that would be part of the thing would be, like, you think that, like, the top casters are just so, like, affable and whatever. Mm. And then it turns out that actually they have, like, a secret underground bunker. <laughs> They've got bots. Marketing. <laughs> we call them bots, but they're real people. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, and then you have, like, a level of, like, manufacturers who just mm-hmm. make the stuff that the casters talk about on their ad breaks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you have just everyone else below that. <laughs> what hell? <laughs> 
a utopia. A ut- <laughs> uh, podtopia. There it is. <laughs> and of course, it's a cast system, but there's no E at the end of cast. Exactly. 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 That would be like the, the little tagline on the movie. It would be like, welcome to the cast system. There would be no E on the cast. <laughs> Oh. One girl with absolutely nothing to say will rise up. <laughs> One girl who just wants everyone to shut the fuck up and listen to music or something. <laughs> Even white noise would be better. <laughs> the opening is like the main character sitting in her bedroom playing a Taylor Swift cover on her guitar and her mother being like, I've told you, Adelina, you can't do that. We'll be caught. <laughs> no, her name you know music like- is outlawed. <laughs> Her name would be like Apple or something like <laughs> Spotify. Spotify. What are you doing, Spotify? You know music is no longer allowed by the casters. <laughs> There's definitely a scene where she goes, where, where someone says to her, you know what I think? And Spotify goes, no. And even better, I don't care. And they're like, oh, what? <laughs> you, don't, what? you don't care what I have to say about, about this murder that happened 50 years ago and is still unsolved? <laughs> what? I've solved it, though. She's picked at random to join the ranks of uh, the the uh, uh, 54th annual casting crew. Oh, my God. Which is when they yes. pick someone of like a bunch of people from amongst the the uh, hoi polloi to uh, get to be co-host on a. Oh, my God. And it's because her voice is beautiful. She's a beautiful mm-hmm. voice, uh, but she thinks it's really ugly. <laughs> Her, her, love, her love interests are some guy who talks about like who does like sleep stories yeah yeah, yeah. and like like some some dude from an actual play <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah and she definitely ends up with the sleep stories guy Oh, see, I was going to go actual play because I feel like sleep stories would be like a Nepo baby situation of mm. like their family has been casters for years versus versus like the actual, actual play guy would bootstraps. be like. Yeah, bootstraps. <laughs> hey, I used to be I used to be a phony, but now here I am a caster. <laughs> well, we get, we're going to get right on this right oh after we God. finish Lesbian. Yeah, Mulan right after we whatever. finish our double Mulan. <laughs> double Mulan, yes. Oh my god! Uh, Half an hour into this recording, <laughs> not talked about this book at all. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Look, gang, it's The Bachelor. It's except... The Bachelor with dresses. It's fine. Um, <laughs> let's talk about America. <laughs> it's The Bachelor, but if The Bachelor was also president, yeah, president, the King of America, the King of America, <laughs> the God King of America, um. <laughs> So in this world, okay, we it's not America anymore. It's called Ilya, and um, there's no more, like, holidays. The White House doesn't exist anymore or anything because there was, like, this war. China. <laughs> they give us a lot of info China about this, was World I War Three, and they came and fucked our shit up because Chinese ingenuity, I guess, is how this book talks about it. Like, of course, the Chinese, duh. Yeah, it was right, right it on the cusp borderline. of just being straight up xenophobia <laughs> there. Like, a big boogie man. I mean, it was 2012. It was yeah, a different time. It was a different time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so China fucked our shit up. We, we banded together with Canada and Mexico to fight back 
and um, became Ilya because of, because the, the United States the the name trash now nobody wants it and no, America like, mm-hmm. doesn't want mm-hmm. that either so we uh, we went with Ilya um, and everyone is so happy right except for there are some rebels that are in the in this text only referred to as northerners and southerners so in my mind i can only assume they mean canada and mexico or like we want out we want out (laughs) i mean one would assume that that is the situation we didn't want to become one with you we just were helping you out who who agreed to this not me not me not me um but also if that is the case i don't really care for the characterization that the southerners are all really violent and terrible Mm. I feel but. like the vibe there was supposed to be more Civil War nor- Northerner Southerners. Mm-hmm. Like, Confederacy versus... Yeah, yeah that yeah, were yeah, like, yeah. the South sucks, the South sucks. Yeah. But then when you like add to that the Canada-Mexico thing, it's like, well, now what you're saying... Now it's weird. <laughs> now you've made it weird. <laughs> how far north and how far south are you talking about? Like, what... <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. In this, also in this society, like you can't have premarital sex. Big no, no. You could die if if you are. <laughs> you could be put to death. You could, yeah. If you are not a virgin when you get married, you will die. Um, but America has a secret boyfriend named Aspen, who is like their friendship is not a secret. They're family friends, kind of. But Aspen is a six, and America is a five. So they they are in love with each other. They make out all the time. They sneak out after curfew because, of course, there's a curfew. And they meet in a treehouse. And they, they have little dates and stuff. And she sings for him. And he pays her with pennies because he can't afford anything else. And he's very, very touchy about whether or not he's able to take care of her. Which, like, you can't. You can't. You can't. And <laughs> the system but is she weird chose you and anyway. bad. <laughs> And I don't understand how we ended up in such a patriarchal system again. <laughs> Truly. And I don't think that ever really gets addressed. It's just kind of like understood that you take your husband's cast when yeah. you get married. Yeah. Why can't Why can't it just be the lower gets elevated? Maybe Aspen can sing. You don't know. No one's or, asked I mean, him. Like, I feel like if you really want to enforce the caste system, you say that the higher gets demoted because then it's like, yeah, that's going to keep people from fraternizing. There you, you know? go. Yeah. Because no you one wants to get think. demoted. But America's not like, like other girls. She also has red hair. Of course. <laughs> because of course she does. Anyway, her family gets this letter in the mail and it's like, hey, you have an 18 or well, oh, soon to be 18 year old daughter. We're going to do this thing called the selection where. Our beautiful baby boy, Prince Maxon, he's looking for a wife. And the fucked up way we found out to to find him one is instead of like arranging political marriages as the prince of a nation to, you know, a princess of someone we're actively fighting a war against or something, we're just going to find like 38 girls that live in our country <laughs> and bring them to the castle. And he'll have to pick one of those 38 girls. But it's going to be like totally like surface level attraction because we're only going to ask you a few questions and then take a picture of you. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I would say, and I, th- this is the premise that I think, again, the bachelor works on as well, which is essentially that if you are put in a position that you are expected to find love and mm-hmm. you have a bevy of beautiful babes, <laughs> at like your beck and call Ooh, um, continued <laughs> then you're in the headspace it'll probably happen whether it'll be a good like relationship mm-hmm. probably not but like you can trick yourself into thinking you're in love yeah you know? at least for a few years 
Yeah. And that's really all they need to pump out some airs. Exactly. And then they can go about their merry ways. Mm -hmm. But the king and queen found their true love this way. So a lot of pressure here for young Maxon. I will say, because I was going to make a game for this, but then I got bored and didn't. Mm -hmm. So I will just tell you spoilers for future. Um, It is eventually revealed, I believe, that uh, the king is super abusive to Maxon. I think he's also abusive to his wife. Never mind. He's a dick. And as of the sequel series, it's revealed that he has a secret illegitimate child uh, that the eventually heir? after his death, um, no, not the heir, uh. after his death, Maxon uh, brings her into the palace and like, is like, oh. she, she, like, she wants to fuck him? No, 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 okay, no, 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 this is, the, the heir is about, um, Ma- spoiler max and america's kid uh yeah yeah um they're oldest they have many um, of course they so do. it's several years in the future the the sibling of maxon i think ends up serving on his like council or something like that so she's like in palace life but not acknowledged i see i see yeah yeah damn uh did not see this going that way but hey <laughs> did you think that she would end up with aspen <laughs> maybe that would be so neat and tidy but i do know Oof. i remember who aspen ends up yeah. with which is also like eh, whatever um <laughs> so america's mom is like you must you must apply for the selection and america's like no mother i i don't want to i don't love the prince i have my own secret prince that no one knows about locked away in my treehouse and i bring him leftovers from our family dinners uh, mom doesn't understand like this is the opportunity of a lifetime america please just just apply uh there's also financial uh um incentive for your family if you apply and you get accepted so like just fucking do it and america's like no uh but then aspen is like i feel like you should apply because i would never live with myself knowing that you held yourself back from this opportunity because of me i'm like okay I mean, whatever. It moves the plot along. She she submits her application. Um, so she fills out this application, and she, they all everyone goes to the to the post office the next day to submit their applications. Um, where surprise, surprise, they're also taking pictures to go along with them. Uh, so everyone's all these girls and their moms are standing in line, and America's mom and Aspen's mom start to talk because Aspen has twin sisters that are applying. It doesn't matter; they they are nothing in this book but um (laughs) aspen's mom lets it slip that she's like oh i think aspen is in love because he's been so happy lately and he's tucking away money and i think it's for marriage and america's mom who obviously knows nothing about america and aspen's relationship is like oh how wonderful for you how exciting blah 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 blah. america assumes aspen is about to propose to her any day now goes in and her smile when the picture is taken is just absolutely radiant with love She's the most beautiful girl in all of Ilya. Oh, great. No. 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 I feel like <laughs> this is such a, like, America. It's very, I'm not aware of my own beauty, right? Yes. Of like, no, babe, you're just hot. You're like, hot. you're just That's a hottie mean. and they're into it. It's nothing to do about, like, your radiant glow of new love or whatever the fuck. Not new love because they've been dating for two years. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I'm just like this. No, you're just just accept that you're hottie. Like yeah, we don't have to do this. It's fine to be attractive. It's fine. It's fine. Just accept it. But now she's like, I don't understand why anyone would want to look at me, me, boring old America singer with the beautiful body and red hair that everybody loves and humongous boobies. Why? <laughs> I look just like Jessica Rabbit. Why would anyone want to look at me, <laughs> America Singer? But also, not like Jessica Rabbit because I don't look slutty. I just look perfect oh, and yeah. pure and innocent. How dare a woman have cleavage? <laughs> the picture of virgin innocence. Um, some time passes. America has been saving up money to make a feast for Aspen because her mom, part of her, part of her mom trying to get America to apply to the selection is she's like, hey, I will let you keep the money that you earn as a singer or half of it anyway. And the rest goes to the family. America was like, all right, that sounds tight. So she's been saving up money to make this little feast for Aspen. And, um, it's obvious to America that Aspen clearly does not get as much to eat as he should because his his mother has lots of other children to feed and the dad has passed away some time ago. So Aspen is like the sole provider, the primary provider of the household. And he's working constantly um, to uh, he's working constantly to feed his family. But now America also has this knowledge that he's saving money for her. So she's like, I'm going to do something nice for him. Aspen is like he's a huge dick about it. He's like, I don't want you providing for me. I'm supposed to provide for you. This is fucked up and terrible. I didn't ask for this. I don't want it. As he's like stuffing his mouth with food. And America's like crying. Like I did all this for you. And he's like, well, you shouldn't have because you shouldn't have to do anything for me. I'm a man. Blah, 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 blah. Let's break up. <laughs> so they break up because he's like, I can't drag you down to my level. Now I see everything that you'll be missing out on if you become a six. Whatever, dude. Good. Just leave. <laughs> you all started dating when she was 15 uh-huh, and have uh-huh. been together for two years. The only man and she's known. Just now figuring out this stuff. Like, yeah. he's only just now thought about it. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? <laughs> I wonder if it was like she was able to, half of her salary was like so much that she could feed him all this. And he's like, wow, my salary will never be anything. I don't mm. know. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems the society makes no sense. It, it really doesn't. I don't understand why it's so patriarchal. But like not, not like in a. It's, it's patriarchal in a way that it's like very clearly structured so that the men have the power. But like they don't gesture to that. Right. right. They're like, oh yeah, everybody works and like this and that. And everybody's you know like same rules about sex and whatever Mm -hmm. but then you have these instances of like aspen being like i'm so pissed that i can't provide for my potential future wife it's like babe let her be the breadwinner who cares cares? let her um which i guess of course she wouldn't be allowed to because she would be down to a six but take away her voice that brings back the well i don't think she would be able to be hired yeah (laughs) um but like that brings back the like why does she have to get a demotion what and her sister was able to marry up like it's just it's, it's weird and, and patriarchal and I don't like it yeah I don't understand why it's here and not examined yeah yeah this isn't this isn't the problem like America never says I don't like that men get to do all of these like are are the ones deciding all this her mm-hmm. thing is like I don't like that we're all hungry which is not to say that like solving a community's hunger problems is not a good noble thing to do like that's that's cool for her to be excited and jazzed about that but also just like <laughs> the the internalized misogyny is strong mm-hmm. with this one and also i mean like we've talked about this when we did your um cinderella story unit right mm-hmm. like where you were like i want them to be 
equally same level yes monarchs or whatever yeah so that like they can do machinations together right yes and i was like i'm cool with her being from the lower class but i want her to tear down the monarchy that too like if if you are setting up a situation that is a dystopia that is like this class is oppressing this other class and they are doing it so hard and they are doing it so intentionally and your eventual solution is that a very hot girl kisses one of the upper class into <laughs> being a decent person. Like, I just, I can't with that storyline. No, no. <laughs> it's not great. It's not a good one. It's, and I mean, like, they start the, okay, we, we, I'm sorry, I keep sidetracking us. You're we fine. gotta get to the main point of this book. We do. I have, I have a lot of notes left. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, a couple days later, America becomes one of the selected girls. Yay, hurrah. She's permanently elevated to a three, regardless of the outcome of the selection, because they fully acknowledge, like, it's going to be hard for you to go back to being a trash person. So you get to just kind of be minor nobility for the end of your days now. Congratulations. Well, you get to be a teacher, I guess. Because you were hot. <laughs> and she's like, I wonder what I'll do now that I'm a three. Maybe I'll, like, teach singing. And I'm like... Why? How? How does that make sense? How are there people <laughs> whose job it is to teach singing who are at a higher level not than the, the singers? singers. Not... Like, why? That doesn't make any this sense. It makes no sense. Are you just teaching pop series? stars? Like, <laughs> I want to book in this series. It's like from a normal person watching the selection on TV every week. That's what I want. Because how the fuck does anything in this world work? How does it function? And they kind of like talk a little bit about like, oh, not all the classes have the same access to ed or like, yeah, yeah. The same access yeah. to education it's like and whatever. homeschooling a lot of the right. time. And but home- it's like, why would you even have singing instructors, period, that are like, it would make sense if every teacher like every level has like teachers, mentors, whatever, right? Like if uh-huh, maybe America's uh-huh. sister was like a singing instructor before she, you know, went to go be a factory worker, which that makes sense too. Um, but like, <laughs> like that would make some sort of sense if it was yeah. like some fives teach singing once they retire from singing or playing mm-hmm. guitar or whatever, um, or painting or blah 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 blah. Uh, but no, it's like there's there's the class that's like. Their job is teaching. Their Who job is teaching, teaching, but they're not teaching. It's not. <laughs> I guess they're it's, teaching like the ones and twos, maybe but that doesn't make sense. How much? I don't how know. How much demand is there for I, that? Yeah, and they do like they do make a point of being like, well, you can, if you earn enough money, you can buy a higher caste mm-hmm. level for yourself. But like, okay, if you're a five you buy your way up into four, you're not going to be singing anymore. You're going right. to be working in a factory. <laughs> also then, why, why, now I'm just thinking of this, why wasn't America's plan, I will make money and, and then, then buy give it to Aspen, Aspen to buy his yes. way up to five and then we can just get married and be level five. Truly. <laughs> Guys, think, because America- think for one second. She doesn't thought through any of this. She's just, she's just a girl in love. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so dumb. Um, <laughs> the so the selection involves America moving to the palace for the duration of the selection, which could take anywhere from weeks to months to years. They joke about kind of, but it's like haha. But really, if it takes years, it'll take years. But they're kind of um, like Max and knows it would be politically a bad move to make it take that long because it would make him look like indecisive yeah so so it will it will take him just months maybe um though (laughs) 
apparently it, it took max and only like an hour to decide who he loved <laughs> it's fine um <laughs> but uh and her family will be paid a, a stipend during her time in the selection and we also find out like later in the book that the girls who leave the selection early are like getting snapped up by like mayors and other like really important people so like the girls you- are taken care of in that gross patriarchal way right yeah. and again that makes it seem like hunger games level of like women being traded sort of mm-hmm. thing or like the the people who were in this are like sold off but it's like no i guess they just get married and it's fine like nothing this dystopia is not bad enough but mm-hmm. also very bad in very silly ways yeah it just <laughs> it's just like i don't know a bunch of little things like wouldn't it be cool if it also did this <laughs> um just didn't, didn't think through it, like the yeah, ramifications of the system set up it's not cohesive she has like this interview with this palace official who's like, Hey, are you a virgin? Uh, good. I hope you are. But also if the prince asks you for sex, you must give it to him. Which again, again. is setting this standard of like, Ooh, this is very grim. But then immediately it's like, Maxon's like, no, of, of course not. As soon as, you know, it gets brought up between the two of them. He's like, of course that is not what I would do because I'm a good, good boy, which it's like, he just, you can't you can't have it you can't have it both ways you can't have the head the second second to highest guy uh-huh, in this uh-huh, system uh-huh. of fucked up inness be Mr. Sunshine Angel Baby. How did, like, who it did he learn that sense. from? It certainly wasn't his apparently abusive father. Like who? it was probably his mom, but like. But we all know women mean nothing in this society, apparently. It just is infuriating. Mm. She needed to assassinate Maxon. True, that's what had to happen. Oh, that would have been good, right? Mm. And then run away with Marley. There you go. Oh, I like that. Let's put that third on our list of books to write on our secret (laughs) Patreon. Um, We are also told that, like, one of the big only rules of the selection is that any girl that is found to be harming or sabotaging another girl will be kicked out. Like, no questions asked. You're just gone. So then America's mom, (laughs) like pays aspen to help clean their house after america's been packing or something i didn't understand the scene there was some contrived reason for aspen to be there apparently also in the caste society like if you are a higher caste than someone you kind of become patrons of a of a family so like america's family always tries to help out aspen's family by giving them jobs to do and stuff so community i guess yay <laughs> i don't know um aspen and america have this big fight where uh, america says that you know i thought you were going to propose to me and aspen's like well i'm afraid of the draft um (laughs) so that's another thing that's another thing it's thrown in which like america's like on the one hand that'd be cool because then you would be elevated to a two but also like um, Ilya is constantly at war so you would probably die but if we got married i would be a two like whatever i feel like the draft is introduced here and it's like in any other dystopia that I would read, right, or, like, that I have read, if, uh-huh. if there is introduced that at a certain age all of the men are drafted and have to go, like, some of them have to go join the army, then, like, the conclusion that that leads to is, going like, what is that building towards, right, in this dystopia is, like, this is a chance to show how fucked up the government is. Maybe they're, like, mutating these soldiers somehow and yeah. making them less human. Maybe they're, like, abusing these soldiers somehow, right? Like, something like that. Mm-hmm. But no, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. spoiler, <laughs> basically, uh, he gets drafted and 
gets some such cool, a good job. He's gets, such a good soldier. He gets some cool drugs that fix the malnutrition. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then he just has a good time being a soldier, it's and just, it's not really a problem yeah, for him. Yeah, it kind of seems a real like, cush position, actually. It kind of seems like this book is pro-draft. I don't know. I don't know. It seemed to solve a lot of Aspen's problems. Which, like... You know, you can have different opinions on the draft. Um, I won't agree with most of them. But, like, <laughs> if you're writing a dystopia in which it's, like, systems of control, government, oh, can you trust them? Like, it, it really what this book leads to is, like, it's not the government that's bad. It's just that mean old king, you know? And it's like, no, that's not, no, incorrect. <laughs> uh, I wish, well, no, that's mean of me to say. I wish Aspen would have died at war. That could have been interesting too. That could I have mean, been like super interesting. She couldn't have been with Maxon because she felt guilt about As. Whatever, it doesn't matter. I would also like it if Maxon had a dark arc, right? Where yeah. it's like he, he goes becomes, to the draft, or he becomes king and realizes, like, oh, my father does these shitty things because it's essential to keep the power structure, right? Yeah. Like, so I must do it. I don't want to lose my power, so I want you and know. Then but America like, assassinates him and runs and off. And then with America Marley. assassinates him and runs off with Marley. Oh, so good. <laughs> uh, yeah. They have their second big breakup scene. They break up so many times. I don't. <laughs> These two. That's fine. She flies off to the capital. Uh, there's like a big to do about it. Um, and she sees Aspen there at her at her send off with his arms around another girl. And again, America gets mad. And Aspen's like trying to run to the stage door. She's like, "America, wait!" And she just gives him an angry head shake and goes to the airport. Now you had your chance. Um, so we meet Marley, who will become America's BFF. She's just like this really nice, bubbly sort of girl who is like, "I don't want to like, th- I didn't want to come here to hate other girls. Let's all just be friends, you know?" And I was like, "That's pretty cool, Marley. I appreciate the attitude." Thank you, Marley. Thank you, Marley. And then we get Celeste who is like, "Fuck other girls. You're all my competition. I'm going to take you out. She's the enemy. We all know that." This is in bachelor terminology. We've mm-hmm. got the or, you know, re- in reality show terminology, mm-hmm, we've mm-hmm. got the audience favorite, uh-huh. Marley, uh-huh. and we've got the villain, right? Yeah. Celeste. And it's like and they'll both the, be there until the very end with America. <laughs> and the reasons that villains work in reality TV is because you're editing a human to make them look like they're making extremely bad decisions, mm-hmm. are rude, mean, evil, whatever. But Celeste just behaves that way. She always. just is a monster. <laughs> <laughs> always, because we're not getting the edited version. We're getting the... This is 24-7 with Celeste. Also have been... This is, there's so many, like, failed opportunities, right? Because, yeah. like, there's so many interesting things they could have done with this. Like, they could have had a commentary on, like, the surveillance state, right? Of, like these girls constantly being watched by cameras or something. But that isn't really the case. They go to interviews once a week, and that's about it. That's about it. Um, There could have been some drama with, like, one of the girls getting a villain edit, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, the the populace being like, oh, fuck her. But that doesn't happen. It's just, like, everybody thinks that all of the girls are fine and nice, but actually some of them suck. Right. And that's very boring with the material that you've been given. You could have done so much more. I would I don't know if this happens in the the following books but it would be nice to see Celeste have like a a turning point and you know, has to you team know up what with happens America? yeah you what happens, what happens to Celeste? Celeste she gets shot in the fucking head good at the end of book two <laughs> good I believe um, she is the only the only <laughs> one of any of the contestants well, that she has any because she had cleavage I, exactly she had you cleavage can, this, 
This also terrible writing. If you're going to only have one of the contestants die, it can't be the mean one. What are right. you doing? Right. That's Who's so going to keep watching after that? Right. <laughs> And also, like, why do I care? She was mean and she got shot. And then, like, they try to turn. I, I don't know if there's, like, some sort of um, America getting to know her better or whatever. But, like, they've, uh, like, named the library after her. And America still respects her in the sequel series. And it's like, Dumb. no, she was a bitch to you. She, what did she do she, for you? And then she conveniently got shot in the head. Why are we <laughs> romanticizing the dead? She was awful in life. She'll probably be awful Ugh. in the afterlife. Leave her be. <laughs> God. Let her rest in bitchiness. Come on. Uh, they fly to the Capitol, and as they get off the plane, there's, like, these huge crowds waiting for them, and they all have signs. Uh, and America stops, and she's, like, taking photos and shaking hands with her fans, which she just does because she's like, wow, wouldn't it be rude to go past all these people without talking to them? Because, like, they came here to see me, so I should at least say hi. Like, in her mind, is very, like, wholesome, like, folk folksy sort of like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say hi to all these people here that came to see me such a situation but celeste is immediately like the fucking genius i should have i should have done the same and the other girls start to see america as a threat and america's mastermind she's a mastermind no she's an idiot but her popularity (laughs) with within the common man begins to rise and everyone starts to become fans of america for princess i guess they do makeovers of course and America elects to be very natural, which all the other girls scoff at. But then later on, they all start to copy her style because they realize Prince Maxon really likes America. So, she, like America's her her she's got red hair, so her her color is blue. She wears blue all the time, and then all the other girls start wearing blue all the time, and you know just that kind of thing. Um, and she has a private room. She's got some maids named Lucy, Anne, and Mary, and she befriends them, of course, because she's not like the other girls. Like, she's not going to just ignore her maid. She's going to become she friends with them. She the understands the common people. Because she's a five, whatever that means. And she loved a six. So. You know, they're practically the same. She's got broad appeal. <laughs> the first night in the palace, uh, America starts to feel, like, super claustrophobic. She just wants some privacy, um, and she wants to be outside. So she runs to the doors that go out to the gardens, and the guards are like, you can't go outside. I, they're they're constantly afraid of like someone coming and assassinating all these girls uh so she can't go outside because it's nighttime and then prince maxon shows up and he's like let her go outside and they're like okay suddenly it's safe i guess to let both her and the prince out um and he goes outside with her she has like a little breakdown and she starts yelling about how the selection is weird and unfair and she doesn't want to be there but the food is delicious and my family needs to make money and he's like "Ooh, you are so intriguing to me girl who's not like the others that are here Ooh, i'm not going Ooh. to kick you out i'm going to keep my you as long dear as my dear yes that's how he keeps calling her my dear he calls everyone my dear yes and it's just like why though and they try to do this, like, oh, he's so formal and whatever. But, like, why this say my doesn't. Lady? This. D- my well, lady. why didn't he say anything besides <laughs> my. Because my dear is formal to a specific period in time, uh-huh. right? It's weird to assume that it would con- continue to be, like, a more formal greeting. Like, if this is 100 years in the future or whatever, uh-huh. uh, presumably language has evolved. So, like, it's weird to use something that is currently semi-anachronistic. It feels like a grandpa saying it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to continue to be semi-anachronistic 100 years in the future, mm-hmm. right? It's like that doesn't – there would be newer <laughs> anachronistic stuff, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I agree. That would he make just, him sound like a grandpa you? to the readers. Hey, shorty. <laughs> My shorty. My shorty. <laughs> 
<laughs> like what, what what I don't I guess I just don't know what the equivalent would be but I do know there's a thousand times things better to say than yeah I dear. just think it's a it's a stupid affectation to have him yeah. speak in an old-fashioned manner in a futuristic thing yeah like, that doesn't make absolutely sense there should be because there should be a new word for the affectionate thing to call a woman you don't know very well right. like mush more <laughs> yeah what's up my shmishmore? what's up my shmishmores <laughs> <laughs> and also like that is so like the it was made worse by the audiobook i think but like his whole conversation where he's like well i call of course i'll call all of you my dears you're all very dear to me or whatever you're it's all like very to me you're very shmishmore. like that's <laughs> also gross and i feel like it is the, extremely predatory <laughs> right i feel like the author is trying to make it charming and i'm like it's not it's actually not. this kid's getting his ass kicked at boarding school i can tell you that much right i feel like it would be so <laughs> much because they, they kind of bring in this thing of like america and max and agree to be friends and america's gonna be like his man on the inside and whatever yeah. and like he doesn't really know how to be around women but like he's never per- portrayed in a way where the women are reacting like he doesn't know how to be around them right like mm-hmm. it would be one thing if all of these women were like oh yeah I mean like he's a little bit awkward you know like or something like that on the one and ones but they're always like he's so charming he's so perfect I love him which is like maybe that's because he's a prince but also like I don't buy that he is both awkward and doesn't know what to do around women and mm-hmm. also has all of these girls eating out of the palm of his hand yeah. I'm like that needs to be resolved you can't have it both ways <laughs> is he awkward or not Please make him awkward. Then I might like yes. him. And right now, Celeste he's... doesn't know how to talk to him, and she's only after him for the crown, and she thinks he's a dweeb. Like I'd be, right. I'd be down with that. Yes, that would be much better. Ugh. Um, yeah. So America makes this deal to be friends with him. Blah 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 blah. We talked about this. I, there's just such so much nothing that goes on that we've already talked about. And let me skip. I'm skipping in my notes because and it's like competition. Yeah, book, but like they don't. They just they go need on it. dates. They needed more rules and challenges. They needed more group challenges because if every yes. challenge is an individual one, like we only get to see the America side. Right. Snooze fast. Very boring. Very boring. Very boring. Um, let's see. America goes on multiple dates with Maxon, which is which is more than the other girls have, and everyone becomes jealous of her. And she's she's like, I don't get it. I don't understand why anyone would want to marry this man but then she starts to fall in love with him but she doesn't realize it you know you know it's just that whole plot line Mm -hmm. uh she's trying to hook up marley and maxon because she's like if there's any girl here that i would want to get put my weight behind to get them to become princess it's going to be marley because she's my best friend uh so she's like trying to hook the two up but then eventually marley's like i just i don't like him i don't like he's a nice guy we could be friends forever but like i'm not in love with him and i'm never gonna be and america's like are you sure though like i think it's just hard to talk to him and she's like no he's no. boring and then <laughs> i think at some point she's america's in love with like someone else yeah 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 uh, oh yeah i mean yes it's a guard in yeah. the palace and they both get found out and whipped for it oh and shit then, yeah, they both get caned. Um, and then... Because yeah, that's the thing. is like they're a property of Ilya. They're called Daughters of Ilya. They're a property mm-hmm. of the, the crown. So, like, they're not supposed to be So, touched. like, they're supposed to be put to death. Yeah. But then Maxon, like, begs his dad to be... To, like, go easy on him. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just get caned instead. And then they're supposed to be, like, deported, essentially, and, mm-hmm. like, exiled. So, like, that's that's yeah. raising the stakes, yeah. right? Like... But then Maxon just, like, 
switches them with two other servants and they just become servants in the palace and hang out until america eventually you know queen becomes queen and spoiler for the end of the series they dissolve the caste system wonderful Um, didn't make sense anyway so it's probably pretty yeah it was a bad system no longer have a number you still have the same jobs though marley becomes one of her ladies in waiting in the sequels wonderful wonderful so that's that's what happens to our girl marley um yeah i guess that's the happiest ending she could she could get i guess let's see america like opens up to maxon about how everyone is hungry in the capital and he's like completely unaware of this basically this boy is like he's so nice he's so good he's so sheltered like he knows nothing about what goes on in his own kingdom and he very quickly develops like this meal assistance program using money from the stipends of the selected girls. So America was like, wow, he is really a man of the people. I would really go to bat for him to become prince. Love that. Love him. I mean, no, I don't love him. I love Aspen. No, I don't love absolute Aspen. Who do I love? Bare minimum. Absolute bare minimum. Just absolute bare minimum. And again, it's I hate this plot of girl teaches man in power how to be less shitty because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, but – why didn't he do this in the first place? Is it that he is secretly a good person who wants the best for his, for his people, or is he wanting to get in your pants? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, what was stopping him from going out there and finding out what life was like in the capital by himself right. before America like, came oh, along? Oh, he didn't know about it. He was just a little ooh, So he clearly has never talked to anybody. Right. So, and I mean, like, I guess you can argue in the sequels that it's like oh well his father was abusive and probably didn't let him it's like well then his father would have pushed back harder against this plan yeah wouldn't like, have let it happen at all but he just announced it on live tv he's so maybe just like, that yeah was okay why. i don't know they do their big interview like hunger Games style with the uh, the uh i was gonna say corny collins but what's his name from a uh... caesar flickerman <laughs> thank you yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh uh yeah so they have like a, a caesar flickerman type character stanley tucci type uh mm. but yeah asking all of the girls questions about where they grew up from and stuff like that but america's maids have made a special dress for her because everyone's trying to steal america's style like literally every other girl was gonna wear blue that night and america shows up in this beautiful red dress and celeste is like give me your dress she takes america <laughs> backstage and she's like i want to wear your dress and america was like no that's unhinged what are you talking about just like get naked i want that dress and when america refuses celeste just like rips the dress and america's sobbing because her dress is ruined but then marley comes up she's like i'm just gonna tuck the ripped part inside of the dress and no one can tell it's done it's fixed conflict resolved so celeste has already manipulated one girl into Mm -hmm. getting out by now right like she's she's pretended that or she like I think she made a girl slapper because she was super yeah. offensive to her religion or something, her family. I think. Yeah. Um, and so that girl gets kicked out because she's probably Celeste. executed because she hit a property of Ilya. Well, but then the execute the executioner would have to be executed for. Oh, that's true for you know for like, hurting another property. Oh no, <laughs> it's a real cycle. Um, so okay, so Celeste has already done that. She does this thing with the dress. Uh-huh. Maxon keeps her around. He doesn't know about the thing with the dress. Uh-huh. Um, America's like eventually gets to the point where she's like you need to get rid of Celeste and he's like no I don't want to don't tell me what to do and like this leads to a big conflict with them or whatever uh-huh. and she's like you need to get rid of her she's mean she does like all this shit she does another thing later on to make a uh, contestant like she spills spills on her on birthday her dress. Yeah, yeah on her birthday um, so 
like she's doing this shit and Maxon's like you don't have any proof that she did this on purpose like she was the one who got smacked and it's like girl you have your testimony uh-huh. and some of his other faves testimony because like Marley is still in the game at this point yeah right? yeah like just have Marley back you up and be like yeah she purposefully ripped her dress yeah like that's that's it that's done bye-bye game yeah, over exactly like, this is an easy fix why yeah. didn't you and just interview each that. girl separately and be like what do you think of celeste and they'd be all like we hate her they'd be all like she's really mean and she does <laughs> shady shit yeah she's sabotaging all of us she's not nice <laughs> yes this is this is a conversation they have where it's after they they've kissed so they kiss in the book and their relationship continues to remain the same so like Maxon is like, if I could, if you could tell me right now that you're willing to commit to me forever, essentially, if you're willing to marry me and become the queen eventually, I will stop this competition now and I will pick you. But if you cannot promise me that, I have to try and shop around. Like, you you can't be <laughs> mad about that. That's the whole thing of the competition and you don't want to be my wife, so I got to shop around. But I'll keep you here because we're friends too. And you're hungry. And you're so. hungry, so I got to keep you here. They have this deal. Um... So she's starting to get, like, jealous and stuff anytime he goes on dates with other people. Whatever. But then they have this conversation about, like, the Celeste of it all. And I'm like, if you – okay, okay. So if you really love this girl, though, mm-hmm. you've told her, like, I love you and I want to marry you if only you would pick me. <laughs> Listen to her. Yeah, like, be- what is the – she's got you. She's got you now. Like, all she would have to say is, like, hey, Maxon, I want the competition to be over and you would end it and you would pick her. Right? That's what you said. So like what is what is the point in her going to you and lying that Celeste is right being bad? Like follow the logic through, Maxon. Well, and I think I think Maxon's thought is like, oh, she's misunderstanding cuz he mm. she never tells him about the dress, right? Yeah. So like the other incidents are like, oh, she didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Like she she was an outsider. She's just But she said she was sorry. Right. And I mean, the way that it's tried to justify to be justified later in like mm-hmm. the Max and POV one, I think, is essentially like he clicks really well with Celeste because they both like photography, I think is what it is. Because she's a like, model. She doesn't like photography, she's getting her picture taken. If if you if you are like, I love you, I want to marry you, uh-huh, I have uh-huh. to be married to someone, so I'm gonna keep like I have to keep this going unless you agree to marry me, right? Yeah. Why would you then, even even if you think that she's wrong, that she's mistaken, whatever, why would your response not be, you don't like her? Okay, I'll get rid of her. Yeah, Because exactly. you supposedly trust her de- her judgment, think she's beautiful, love her, want her to yeah, be your you wife. you want her to be queen. Want her to be the fucking queen. <laughs> you have to, like, who, ca- who cares if she did shit? If, if... I was in the fucking selection and, uh-huh. and the yeah. fucking prince or princess had come to me and been like, you're my number one. You just got to commit, baby, and I'll put a ring on it. Uh-huh, and then uh-huh. I went to them and I was like, I don't like that bitch. She seems sketch to me. Uh-huh. And they weren't like, OK, fine. Like, I'd be like, OK, well, I'm done. I'm done because- now. Goodbye. And I'm not saying like in the real world of like if your partner has a friend or something like, yes, that's different. Yeah. But you have known her as long as you have known me and you are telling me that you love me and want to marry me, <laughs> but you're not trusting my but judgment. You won't about listen someone. to me about Celeste. So like, this is like Aspen all over again. Just terrible. Just trust me. Just allow me to know things, please. You literally said that the deal was that you were going to keep me around for my insight. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're like, I don't trust your insights. I don't your want insights. your insights. 
So what do you want? What do you want? You want to get in my pants and that yeah. will make you a better person and be a good ruler for the country. Apparently. Great. Like he and he he like apologizes to her later and he's like, I'm just tired of people telling me what to do. You don't understand because they want me to pick Celeste because she's a good political match for me and Libra, blah, blah. And I was just the fact that you were telling me not to pick her. I was like, well, what? Th- th- what? This also doesn't track Max and you were just being a little bitch. Like, <laughs> You're and it's like just being a brat. Come on. Now. If you're going to make the good political match argument, uh-huh. it's like because he has reasons. Uh, we're jumping around a bit, but it he, doesn't matter. This book. is He eventually <laughs> cuts it down to, to the top six at the end of this book uh-huh. way quicker than is expected. Because of um, the yeah, rebel attack. And he keeps Celeste. He keeps Marley. He keeps uh, America, obviously. America. And then three other people who I can't remember the names of. Not but Lady es- Tiny. Not Lady Tiny, but he keeps um, her actual one name. that's we had her to mother. Call her in this book, Lady yes. Tiny. Chris, one of the ones he keeps is Chris, and that's his mom's favorite. Uh-huh. It's later like revealed, and then one of them is like his dad's favorite or something because she's easily manipulated. Uh-huh. And then um, some other one is oh, the other one has ties to like New Asia or something. Yeah, like that. that's so right. they're like that's that'd right. be good politically. So like, why is Celeste a good political match? Because she's a model, okay. But you have these other ones that are also good political matches. Yeah, the, so arguably better. So no one's gonna blame you for cutting her. Yeah, like so just get rid the, of her. It doesn't make sense. It yeah. doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. You had your moment, Max, and you had <laughs> you had your chance, but Max and trash. Aspen's trash. Every boy Everybody's in this book is trash. trash. Everybody's trash. Uh, speaking of trash, Aspen gets to show up again because remember, guys, he went off to the draft, like we said. He did a good job. He was such a good boy at being a soldier that they signed him to the palace. So he's a guard at the palace. And uh, guess who he runs into? Immediately guard outside of her room. Yeah. Yeah. So America and Maxon run into him while they're like on a little date. He's like, want to go watch a movie? And America goes, I don't know. I've never seen a movie. So they go down to have a little date. I'm not date. like other girls. I'm not like other girls. I'm a singer. Don't watch movies. Um, and they run into him, which is awkward for everyone involved because Aspen like immediately gasps. He's like, <gasps> and then America turns and also goes, <gasps> and Maxon's like, do the two of you know each other? And America is immediately like, if I tell Asp or if I tell Maxon who this is, he's gonna kill Aspen because she told she told him earlier in the book. She was like, Hey, here's what my shitty ex boyfriend did to me. And he's like, If I ever get my hands on that man, I will destroy his life. You know, it was very dramatic, like mm-hmm. basically trying to look good, you know, for America. Um so she's like, I can't, I can't tell him who this is because then he'll kill him. So she's like, this is just a friend from my old town of Carolina. Um, he, yeah, we grew up together. He's like, cool. Well, I'm sure it'll be comforting for America to have someone that she knows guarding her bedroom door. Uh, so how <laughs> did Maxon not how pick up when they both gasped and just stared at each other? They both gasped. The story that he knows about her ex is that they grew up together. Yeah, it's the only person <laughs> she's talked about from her. Her home it's the life. only boy she knows she has no friends from Carolina, no friends which she said only her family yep mm-hmm. and then this man shows up and he's and hot. they both simultaneously gasp and yeah. start eye fucking each other yeah and you're just like cool uh, i'm gonna put fine. you on guard duty guard her bedroom which, door at night frankly i think that that uh america should have told him pretty much immediately absolutely and hey, been chill about ex. it but, you know, you could just station him to the kitchens or something where I never need to see him. Like, don't right. make him lose his job, bro. I'm not that mad about it. 
Yeah. Or like if she, I mean, again, it could have been fun. It could have been, you know, machination. She could have played the, you know, now that I've met you, like my heart doesn't hurt as much sort of thing. You don't need to punish him on my behalf. I don't care about him anymore. I just don't want it to be uncomfortable for you. Mm -hmm. You know, like just play that. Like, but no, she still wants to make out with Aspen. So she's like, this is fine. Yeah. Which she does because Aspen, without asking, enters her room at like 3 a.m. and just starts kissing her. And uh, then at one point, he whispers into her mouth, which I don't know. What does that mean? Why <laughs> would he do that? that Why would he do that? Why is he doing I'm that? I'm sorry. I can't, I can't hear you. You're talking into my mouth. What was, what was that you said? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what Aspen I, yeah this isn't as hot as it used to be I don't <laughs> I've grown now I'm a woman grown and I've kissed a prince <laughs> I liked you more before you had your super serum <laughs> back when you used to know what ears were <laughs> and whispered which also in like... instead <laughs> which also like the super serum thing is I don't think ever touched on no it's just kind of like a throwaway line they gave me a bunch of shots he said that made me this way that's it okay what never again in the series again this is like a thing that in any other dystopia I would be like this is going to lead he's mind controlled now he's mind controlled he's genetically modified something he turned into a werewolf maybe it's just like yeah trust the government to shoot you full of drugs i guess it's fine i guess man this is such a weirdly pro-government dystopia it really is like there's (laughs) look at all the helpful things the government has already done to make everyone's lives better like truly it's just this one bad king and also all of the other kings before that perfect yeah we just got to get those those silly little rebels to stop rebelling So, yeah, he goes into her room. He's like, hey, sorry for breaking up with you. And she's like, Aspen, I never stopped loving you. So they start making out. Um, and they have, like, a little conversation. And he's just like, why, was, why were your arms around that girl? And he's like, oh, she fell, you idiot. Like, I was helping her up. Don't be stupid and insecure. <laughs> um, Ladies. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Your but- man tells you that he was embracing another woman because she tripped and fell yeah uh-huh uh-huh don't believe him don't believe his bullshit uh he was totally making out with that girl he was just trying it on trying it on seeing if seeing if she could make his heart flutter like you do but uh right right which like, wasn't it that that is adding like so much fucked up sexuality stuff in this too i feel like mm-hmm. because like that's totally normal. If you break up with someone to go make out with a rando, like yeah. that's normal. Yeah. Actually, that's that's as long as everybody's like chill and they it's understand. Fine. Hey, you're the rebound. Your ex girlfriend yeah. doesn't need an excuse or an explanation for that. You're yeah. allowed to go make out with people it after was you like, break up. It was like more than a week later too. It wasn't like the next day. Yeah. It was like they had time to like think about their emotions and stuff. And then he was like, "I'm just gonna try it on with another girl. It's fine. Let's see how it goes. I'm 18. I'm horny. Whatever." Can't fuck till we're married, so might as well try and kiss as many girls as I can. That should have been his response, but he's like, no, my love. She merely fainted into my arms it was, or whatever. It's like, yeah. shut the fuck up. Which then makes Brenna look like she did it on purpose. Which mm-hmm. Because all women are competition. All women are competition. Can't be until friends they with are, them. Until they are safely in love with another man. Until they've been married and can't do anything else about their situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So there's attack from the rebels in the middle of the night. It's a really bad, violent one. So it's probably those Southerners. Uh, 
People are dying, but we get no hint of this in the book. They're just like, it's a bad one, milady. We must get to the safety room. So her her maids usher America into the, like the royal family's panic room, essentially. But she's and, and she's like, come with me, ladies. And they're like, no, we can't. We're just servants. And she's like, no, you're my servants. She takes them with them. They're friends because she's not like other girls. OK, she cares about the help. And she gets zero pushback. Zero. Because she it's- acts queenly about it. The king isn't like, you need to get these fucking plebes out of my cool panic room. If he's really an awful man, he would have, like, gone over and backhanded all of them. Like Right. And, like, or at least someone else should have been, like, protocol, protocol or something. Literally, everybody's just like, oh, I guess these servants are here now. And, like, there's, like, a brief moment of, like, someone being like, tell your maids to bring everyone coffee. And she's like, no. They can my bring maids, me coffee. My but maids will only get the king, queen, prince, and myself coffee because you fuckos left behind your maids. You which that, the makes it seem, that makes it seem less like I am protecting my maids and more like I didn't want to have to do dirty work. I didn't want to have to get myself bunker. coffee. We also didn't mention that one of her maids, Lucy, has a very traumatic backstory and suffers from pretty terrible PTSD. And so every time there is one of these attacks, which isn't infrequent, like they seem to happen at least once or twice a month. Uh, she just becomes catatonic. So this, she's really doing it for Lucy. She's like, I got to get her somewhere safe. Uh, this is the girl that Aspen eventually falls in love with. That's Which, why, while we're talking about these attacks. Yeah. I, for, I did not look into, I can't remember what the whole deal with the rebels was. I know that like, I think one of them is like from Gregory Ilya's like family line or something. Are they the ones that are like looking for something? Yeah. There's one group that's like, just, they seem to be searching the palace for something and yeah. nobody knows what. And honestly, they should have gotten a handle on it after this many attempts and that many people drafted. It's yeah. really weird that they can't take care of this, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. But like, yeah. the whole thing with the rebels. In Canada. They won't want to go to there. <laughs> the whole thing with the rebels, again, is like, why? Like, it's not bad enough, right? Yeah. Like, it's not really scary because no like there's the lucy backstory thing mm-hmm. but for the most part everyone's all until you know one of them gets shot in the fucking head in book two Hilarious. but um even then it's like one that we don't like so it's yeah. just it feels like there are no low stakes, stakes right very yeah. low stakes absolutely yeah they have like these literal panic rooms where they slide down metal shutters it's the thing about this book is i kept forgetting it was supposed to be in the future so every mm-hmm. time they mention something like these metal shades or like airplanes i'd be like oh fuck when is this like but at the same time they don't have any equivalent to cell phones right yeah they have to write letters they write letters and they have like one channel on the tv like which that again could be like government is bad and will only feed you government propaganda but we Mm -hmm. don't explore that right yeah they have a thriving arts community a whole cast of people to make art (laughs) so like what what (laughs) what are they making art for yeah what is the art of like what all of these pop stars and stuff where are they performing yeah (laughs) do you think they go on world tours probably not probably not probably don't go to asia um so then the book ends that aspen is visiting america in her room at night after this attack and he goes in to kiss her and she's like no aspen we mustn't because i'm a daughter of Ilya." Um, it's basically, she has, she has decided in herself, like she wants to genuinely give this thing with Max in a shot. She's reached this point of like, well, why not, why not just fall in love with a prince? Who says I can? Who says Aspen is the be all to end all? Not me. 
She wants to find out who she likes better. Like, is it, should I go with the boy next door or should I end up with the prince? I don't know. Seems like a really hard decision. Mm. Um, but she frames it. I'm like, I'm choosing myself instead of delaying the choice I have to make between two boys. Um, and we're all supposed <laughs> to be like, yay, feminism, but it's not. Um, and then the book ends, essentially Aspen, he like leaves the room and as he's leaving, basically looks back. He's like, guess I better get to work to make sure you choose me. <laughs> and then he closes the door and that's the end of the book. What a fucking weird place to end the book. <laughs> Did I enjoy it? Maybe. Maybe. I, I mean, it, it's, yeah, like you said, it's like watching an hour of reality television. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't something I'm doing for, like, intellectual <laughs> enrichment. I'm doing it just because I can't be alone with my thoughts, right? Yeah. It just, <laughs> again, it felt like baby's first dystopia. Like, you yes. don't want to do anything to scare the kids, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And I just, you can't scare me. So, <laughs> <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. So, we read this one. Yes. What do you want to see in future dystopias? I want to see people die. <laughs> tight, tight. No, I do. I enjoy, and this might be too specific. I do enjoy this, like, the competition aspect of it. Like, they all have mm-hmm. to, like, resources are scarce. They're all competing for something. But, you know, if I, if I don't get that, that's okay. I, I do just want to see, like, here's a world we've built where you can clearly see what the issues are. We've all agreed what the issues are. And it makes sense. The world makes sense. Mm-hmm. um and um i just i that's that's all i've got for now is i want a world that makes sense i want it to be an exciting yeah. book and don't make it the road by cormac mccarthy because i don't need that kind of <laughs> depression in my life it should be interesting to see where we end up with the classic which will be the next one in this unit yeah um just because this it's been a little while since we've really read a, a genre that has older roots that is right true. yeah we've been so doing a lot be, of romance stuff yeah I, a lot yeah. of mm-hmm. A lot of newer, newer genres. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it should be should be interesting to see. Yeah, what did um, people in the nineteen fifties or before think was dystopic, as opposed to what a woman in two thousand twelve thought? Right, right. I mean, I <laughs> think teens. that is one of the cool things about dystopia, right? Is that it does reflect mm-hmm. the panics of the time, right? Yeah. Um, which also is maybe like why I, you know, this one didn't really hit for me because I'm like, we got bigger problems this, now, babe. None of this is the thing I'm worried about. <laughs> Um, but in the meantime, before we get to that, yes. we will be having a grand old time with a Meow Meow Monday next week Ooh. with the final book in the third Warriors arc, Warriors Power of Three, Sunrise by Aaron Hunter. Oh, finally. The week after that, we'll be back to wrap up a unit, specifically our literary submitted mafia romance unit, where we will be trying to find a mafia romance that we don't hate um, <laughs> with The Professional by Cressley Cole. It's a good luck to us. We hear she's not a virgin, so. Thank God. Thank you. <laughs> In the meantime, if you have a book or unit you would love for us to cover on the podcast, either because you think we would love it or hate it, you can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms, so if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Otherwise, I'm gonna... I'm gonna come select you i don't know i don't know i was trying to pull in something from the selection but this book was a lot of just lingering (laughs) stares and (laughs) 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to put you, you in a big poopy <laughs> dress and stick you on the book cover of a 2012 <laughs> YA release. If you don't, we're going to come whisper into your mouth. I'm going to come whisper into your mouth. <laughs> Subscribe <laughs> into your mouth. Uh, if you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right, because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you like. In the words of Kiercast, mm-hmm. it's always the fear of looking stupid that stops you from being awesome. <laughs> That feels very uh, 2012. I wrote yep. that on my notebook. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah feels yeah, very yeah. Tumblr. Yes, it sure does. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag just girly things. <laughs> and I'm M. Thought I had to burp. This week. <laughs> <laughs> this week on. <laughs> you don't want to get a tummy ache. You better let it out. <laughs> 